Welcome, you're now listening to From the Shed End, episode 115. As you can see, it's myself, Theo, as always, and the other Theo is not here. He's currently uh, watching the screening of a Chelsea documentary, which is hopefully going to be coming out soon. So I am joined by Eunice from Eunice Talks Football. How are you doing, Eunice? I'm good, man. I'm good. Thanks for having me on. Um, yeah, nice to be able to step in um, when needed on this occasion. And um, yeah, it's going to be a good one. Looking forward to it. Thanks for having me, man. Yeah, appreciate it, man. And hopefully the first of many uh, appearances on, on From the Shed End. But um, before we get into the, the episode, please make sure you subscribe to the channel. All the stuff that we always say, subscribe to the channel. Make sure you like the video. The Linktree link is in the description for our usual link. Uh, also, Eunice Talks Football, the Linktree link is also in there as well. So make sure you give Eunice a follow and all the rest of the stuff down there as well. Um, but let's, let's talk Eunice about... Um, the way that the club is currently being ran at the moment and the direction that the club is going in. Todd Bowley, ex Bali, Paul and Stanley, Lawrence Stewart. Things are a complete mess upstairs. Uh, we're trying to organise the house. What's going wrong? Where do we change things? Where do we change things? I think it's fairly straightforward. It just depends whether they want to. If their egos are going to allow it or if their intentions are going to allow it because it's still not 100% clear what's the true intention behind um, buying and, and running Chelsea Football Club. Um, is it purely financial? Would they be happy with just that small margin of profit, which I think is uh, a definite, you know, unless if things really went south, which I think for a club the size of Chelsea just won't happen. So I think, you know, in order for them to just get by and still find themselves in some sort of a profit margin, is, you know, inevitable. Yeah. Um, but myself, I think, I think many people will, will, will ultimately believe that when you're striving to win and you do achieve, not only are you achieving on the pitch, you are actually helping your finances even more. So it's a case of, look, why not hit two birds with one stone? And why not try and obviously, you have to, you know, run things as a business. That's normal. But at the same time, do strive to run the football club as a football club and try to win. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, we still don't know what the true intentions are because the mix, the signals have been so mixed. The signs have been so mixed. Um, and more now than than before, it's looking more south um the way that things are being run the decisions that have been made has just been bonkers as far as i'm concerned going for nothing but young players ultra young players use here use there 16 year old here 15 year old here um it's just you know and that's all we're doing when it's clear as day that it will only benefit the football team i'll say the football team right um if we actually went in and got some players, not just of a certain age, I'm not just saying get me a 29-year-old in. That's not the most important thing. But players who do have a level of experience that can come right now and hit the ground running, you know, and help the young players that we've got because they're not all rubbish. There are some young players here that I believe, if given good guidance and good examples, will only develop and eventually take the reins when those older players step out of the way and you know they whether they move or they retire or whatever those young players will be ready right now i fear that without that we're going to stagnate and there will be some performances from time to time that will be you know oh wow and then it will just stagnate we won't develop we won't go anywhere i think it's key when you're looking at 
not to say we're going to go and get them. It's not going to happen. But you understand the players, like if we are, ex- if we are obsessed with getting young players in, when you go and look at examples of a Jude Bellingham, a Vinicius, you know, these, these, um, these players that are young, but have done so much in the game. Alfonso Davis is another one. He's still really young when you think about it, but yeah. how, what has he done in his career? It's, it's incredible. That's experience that we need. You know, so it's not necessarily about age, but it's about what the player has done already. And we need to set the levels. Um, we're not doing that. And I feel like the only way to change it is to get in one proper sporting director that understands yeah. the, 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 the vision of being able to run the club to an elite level. And then in turn, let that sporting director decide who that next elite manager is going to be and then yeah. let them go on with it. Um, it remains to be seen though. Yeah, I, I agree with everything, 100%. I think we're in... I said last week, we're, we've gone from being a club that is ran very, very well for 20 plus years. And, you know, you think we had Petrček, we had Marina Gradaskaya, we had all these people that were running the club, whether people want to say they've done it well or they've done it badly or whatever, that's yeah. their opinion. But we had a structure of some sort above us. We've gone from that, new owners coming in, ripping that to shreds, getting rid of everyone, yeah. coming in, calling Stanley, remember Christopher Rivell was meant to be coming in as well and he probably looked at this and thought no this isn't for me guys I'm getting off I don't want to be part of this but um, you know we've gone from that to all this sort of just circus uncertainty at the top of the club and that's now filtered down to the squad clearly yep appointing Graham Potter looking back wrong decision wrong decision yep even maybe Maurizio Potticino yes he's done well against Villa but we're going to get onto that in a minute. But yeah. before then, you know, is, is, is it the right call? Was it the right call? Was it the right call to even sack Rain Potter? I feel, yeah, I feel like the Potter, I feel like the Potter one had to happen. Yeah. Um, to look, I think Lampard Potter and Pochettino, I think it's, to bring, say in, again? to bring in Frank Lampard, though, was probably, was it worth the, the well, should we have sacked him or just kept him? I suppose is what the question I was asking. See, this is the, this is the, this is the problem. Um, we're not looking or getting anyone in that's going to set a level. You know, we're moving from one from one guy to the next guy and they're both within the same bracket. Yeah, Do you yeah. know what I mean? Um, Potter and Pochettino, I think are two completely different managers, um, but still fit into the same bracket as to, it's just not good enough mm-hmm. for Chelsea football. Yep. Do you know what I mean? For different reasons. I feel like if you actually blended um, Potter to an extent on a tactical level with Pochettino's man management, you might get a decent manager. But one is one extreme and the other is the other extreme. Pot- uh, Graham Potter was just completely soft. Like, and I've, I saw that firsthand, completely soft, completely soft. Um, too nice, too friendly, great guy overall, I think great, but I'm sorry, that's not going to cut at this level. Um, He's just not going to get enough respect to be able to demand um, what he wants from the team. They're not going to look at him as an authority figure. Pochettino has great relationship with players, right? He's able to really bond, but tactically has let himself down. And not just at Chelsea. This was an issue at PSG, apparently. We didn't really pay attention to that. It was was an issue previous. Some would say at Tottenham, not so much. Well, when you've got Harry Kane, you've got Son, you've got Lucas Moura, there are players there, like I say, what Chelsea do need. Um, that's obviously going to help. Um, so you've gone from one extreme to the other. 
there has to be a manager that has a blend of two. Someone with a tactical idea and a tactical nuance, an identity, regardless of what the identity is, right? Regardless, everyone has their preferences. But if you've got a tactical identity, cool. And do you know how to get on and get players on side at the same time? That is, I think, important. We haven't done that at all. Um, now, some people will argue Pochettino might be onto something now because of the Villa game. We we will get onto this. Um, but I think it's still a long way to be seen. Yeah, I, I agree with you 100%. I think um, it's worrying 18 months into what we want to call the project. We still don't really understand what this project really is. Exactly. Do you know what I mean? We just see it as... yeah. We turn up on a, a Saturday, we see the team play, more than likely lose, and we moan about it the next weekend because that's what we've been doing for the last 18 months since Top Bowley and Cove have been in charge. That's, that's just basically what we're doing. That's all we've done, yeah. Pretty much. But we need to see some sort of spine in that team. And we haven't got exactly. We haven't got any players. I said it last week. We haven't got any standout players where you build a team around them. You know, we've got youngsters as you mentioned but there's no one really in the team maybe Thiago Silva but even him I wouldn't really say I want in the team every week uh, he's 14 exactly it's 14 what four months five months he should not be in that team it's a bit mad it's crazy exactly yeah it's, it's mad it's mad that we're at a level that we have to rely on him or up until as I say up until the Villa game I think everyone was like okay, no like Silva it's Thiago Silva but respectfully, it's true. He is 39, turning 40. It's criminal that we're having to think about playing this guy every game, every week, you know? And we're scared that if he doesn't play, we're even more exposed. So yeah, it's, it's crazy. We shouldn't... But you see, that Villa game was a perfect example of how he should be used. Yes. If we have the defenders and we have the structure in place on the pitch to start with, then absolutely Thiago Silva is someone you can rely on for 15, 20 minutes yeah. without question. But that should realistically be the max. We've 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 not been able to do that. It's it's incredible. Mm. Uh, I worry. For, I worry for Maurizio Pochettino because I feel that we could easily go to that game, Selhurst Park on Monday, and get get ripped apart. Because I feel it could happen. It could happen. God, God forbid we do, man. <laughs> it could happen. I said last week I want four wins minimum. Well, he's got to win every game this this month. Now he's got to win the game that's just gone against Villa. He's got to beat Palace on Monday. I want to see a win against City, regardless of it being City. And that final has to be us lifting the trophy. It's not easy. Yeah. Yeah. It's not easy, but these are the things that you've got to do at Chelsea Football Club. You you know what? Um, This is the thing. This Villa Villa game has put a spanner in the works because now we actually don't know what's going on. You know, it's it's not normal to have um, like the problems we've had and the way that we've been going um, and it's a it's a crisis. It is blatantly right. Yeah. And then out of nowhere, best performance of the season. That's not normal, man. It's, it it got me thinking. Like I, I was doing the watch long on, on the day, and and I saw people saying, oh, did, did Jackson bring some voodoo with him or something?" <laughs> Maybe at this point, I'm gonna have to put that as a possibility because it doesn't add up. It doesn't add up. Um. So it wouldn't surprise me. You're right. It wouldn't shock me that on. You know, on Monday we play against Palace at Sellers and all of a sudden we throw that result away. We go back to type. I wouldn't be surprised. But there's so many factors and so many layers to this problem that is Chelsea at the moment that 
you could you could put it down to oh, is Potts going to tinker? Is he going to mess things up again? Or is he going to stick with this, but they don't perform? Or is is you know is one little adjustment going to change everything? Are, are we are the players not just going to be up for? It? Are they not going to be up for it? But we don't know where like the the core of the problem genuinely comes from. Do you know what I mean? Because there's so many issues that it's 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 crazy to nail down. Um, so yeah, no, it's 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 really it's really hard to 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 analyze. I would say um, as to where is it all going. We still it's so volatile. We're, we're moving more volatile than Bitcoin. It's crazy. <laughs> no, we are. We are. Um, Villa. I mean, look, that was probably our best performance all season that I can think of, anyway. Yeah. And credit Maurizio Pochettino because he sort of addressed yeah. some of the issues. I think some of the, the fans would have had. Nicholas Jackson coming back into the team. I did have a worry that he was going to play striker on Wednesday. He played on the left for the majority of the game and it worked. Yeah. He was effective off the left. He allowed Palmer to get into that central striker position a bit more as well and Kunku as well. Um, it worked for us. It worked for us. Gusto, we got a credit for him. Gusto, who I thought was brilliant. Ben Chilwa had a better game than he did against Wolves. Had a stinker yep. at the weekend, so it worked. But... But we can't get we can't drawn get into this false sense of we've turned the corner because we haven't. I agree. I agree. We haven't. Completely. Completely. We we gotta start somewhere, right? Um, and hopefully that's the start. I, I wouldn't want anything more, you know? Um, because I hate the way Chelsea have been for the past 18 months. It's 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 painful. Like it legit is painful for, for it's crazy to think that um where are we going? Where is this heading? You know, we're hearing people that are going to games starting to talk about the, the the direction that Leeds went in, you know, or these teams that that dropped off. And it's true, you're never too big to go down that no, route. If you let things go, you let things go, no matter who you are. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's it's been concerning and it's been worrying and, and we hate it. But re- realistically, because we are where we are. We do have to start somewhere. So if that is the Aston Villa game, great. Um, but to just come and all of a sudden say, yeah, no, we're sorted now, we're fixed. No, no. I'm, I'm, I done that. We done it at the start of the season. Do you remember? Mm-hmm. We ended up doing it twice. Yeah. Right. Um, the, there was, there was the, the very start of the season where we were just waiting to see what was going to happen. There was the Man City 4-4 where it was like, oh, yeah. okay, we've got something here. Cool, let's go. And then it just all capitulated. I'm not doing it again. <laughs> I'm not doing the, the, okay, you know, we're back. Great. And then we lose 3-0 to Palace at Selhurst on Monday. I'm not doing it. No. Um, so you're right. There has to be, and rightfully, respectfully, Pochettino has addressed it. Mm-hmm. Um, and he has mentioned that um, we need consistency. And that is true. We need consistency. But they get consistency, don't mess things up too much. You know? Um, as we've mentioned, we genuinely know that there's too many problems at this football club to just pinpoint it down to one thing. But best that Pochettino can do is to take what worked against Aston Villa and just try and carry that forward. You, you can't be all of a sudden changing four players. Like, no, yeah. no, no, no. That worked. Cool. Run with it. See what happens. Because you, you might have found a solution. Who knows? But you need to run with it to find out. We need consistency. If we're not going to get consistency, we're going to be back in the same problem. Like we would have literally moved nowhere. We're turning in circles. So um, we have to run with what worked on, um, on against Aston Villa um, and then 
even if it means having to make one or two tweaks tops, because it's understandable. Like you want to, you want to fit Nkunku into the team, for example. Um, or Badiashile is looking like he's going to be unavailable. Yeah. So you might have to switch that one with maybe Levi Colwell. Chalaba is probably back. So a little tweak here and there, understandable, but everything else stays the same. You have to run with it and see what you can do now because we keep changing and then we mess it up. That, then that's going to be fully on Pochettino. Yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? So he's on the brink. His job is on the line. It's the best thing that he can do. And at the same time, the other best thing that he can do is to truly open up. And I feel like he did that. Mm. But do it in a sense that respects the levels that the fans expect. Yeah, because yeah. he was talking about, you know, 20 years and what we've done. And we're not that club anymore and all that. But respectfully, obviously, we're not based on the level of players that we have. But that performance against Aston Villa was reminiscent of what we used to see back in the day. Yeah. Keep 100%. that up. If you keep that up, we ain't complaining. Simple. We, you, we won't have to look at the past 20 years. We will be saying, yo, we've got something here that's similar. Mm-hmm. So you ha- we have to keep the standard um, at the top and we have to demand because that's the best thing you can do for the young players. Um, Jody Morris put it perfectly in his analysis when he was talking about these young players and that they do need to be pushed to a certain extent and they need to be set a standard. You can't just drop them off because if you do that, they're not going to develop. They're not going to grow. No. They need to be critiqued. You need to tell them what's wrong. And they have to deal with that because if not, they won't survive at the top level. Mm. You know, you can't just wrap, wrap everyone in cotton wool and expect everyone to just, oh, that's, that's going to work. Like, no, you're not pushing them. They're not, they're not, you're not applying any stress. If I go into the gym, if you don't feel any pain in the gym, is anything going to change? You no, you, you need to put your body and your muscles through some stress for you to get stronger, fitter, sharper, quicker. You have to. That's just logical. Um, so these young players need to get a taste of what pressure is and critique and take it on board and learn and deal with it and take and, and, and develop. That's why we need to set the standard because if we yeah. don't, we're going to end up like Arsenal. They've not won a league title for 20 years. And still, <laughs> you know, it's been yeah. seven for us. Yeah. Like we got to get a move on. So let's see. Yeah, I I think it's. I mean, I I do think it's a worrying time for us. I, I do think that. I, I think there's a lot of players yeah. in this team that are probably not the level that we're going to need them to be. We won't know that because what we've done is signed a bag of potential. So we won't know that until either it's too late or we keep them at the club long enough to realize that they're they're just not good enough and they just get loaned out or they get their contracts paid up and then they leave and move on, and then we replace them with more talent. So, yeah. You know, it, it's going to be a roundabout for us. But I, I do think with Maurizio Pochettino, he's got to be able to get the best out of this team, regardless of the situation, regardless of injuries, regardless of the pressure that's probably on him. What annoyed me about Wednesday is that this performance, that performance, should have been what we should have been doing at the start of the season. That's the only thing that I can really take from this game. I wasn't actually happy after the final, the final ball was kicked. We should have been doing this four months ago. And we won. Yep. And that's what I, yep. I took from the games that we didn't play as we can do for the last four or five months. Where's, where's his performance come from? This is the thing. It's not normal to just all of a sudden it just switches on, which is why yesterday um, I, I, I put the possibility out there that Pochettino admitted that there was a meeting with the players and all of that. And, and, you know, I don't know whether they cleared the air or they discussed things, but apparently one of the things that was discussed was tactical setup, right? Mm. 
I, I genuinely don't know. I, like, this is just my... I'm, okay, I'm trying to find an answer. Like, how, where did this performance come from? It's just not normal to just switch it on. So I'm thinking, it, did maybe the players or some of them, you know, really drill down to how they really want to be played or what's best for them? Are they players playing out of position? We see players that are not in the role that they should be whether that's up top and we're playing false nines or we're playing Enzo in a 10 or we're playing like Colwell at left back, like whatever yeah. we're doing, it's just, it's crazy, right? That game, we saw everyone in their role. For the first time, especially the midfield between Enzo and Caicedo, yeah, they yeah. were matched up exactly how they need to be matched up, right? And they were moving in areas of the pitch that they need to be moving in and not going beyond that. Maybe that's also why, mm, you know? True. True. Is that down? Is that down to the players? Was Poch finally realised? Because if he has finally realised, then fair play, cool. We're on the same page. Fantastic. You know, let's move forward and don't change it. Because this is what I fear. I fear he's going to go back to type, mm-hmm. and he better not. Because if he does, his job's finished. Oh yeah, hundred percent. Like at that point, Red Cross, you're done. <laughs> so um, maybe, maybe there's that. There was some. There was really good tactical setup against Aston Villa. Aston Villa couldn't get a move on at all. They didn't look on it. And I don't know what I don't know why, but I do think part of the reason was that Chelsea did honestly put the sword to them from the from the oh, game. Yeah, hundred percent. And tac- tactically, we were set up at times in a four four two. It worked really well. There was balance all across the pitch. Mm. We were dominating. There was confidence. There was no fear. You could see players were moving freely. Um, yeah. If we if we do that every week, then great. You know, um, so yeah, if Pochettino has taken things on board and he's made the correct changes, then fair play to him and credit to him. But you yeah. better keep it. Yeah, 100%. La- last couple of things on Villa or the Villa game. I thought tactically we'd done things well from the bench, apart from Sterling, who I thought came yeah. up, didn't actually do anything. But reverting to the three centre backs, then obviously went to a back five essentially uh, yep. with Thiago Silva coming on. One of the things I think which worries me about Monday is I think we'll possibly play a back five. I don't know why I think that, but I think he was trialing it during the game. It's been on. Yeah. No, you know what? With that, I I don't want us to go to a back three or back five. Mm. Yeah. I want it to be used at the correct time. Yeah. See, the way we used it against Villa was perfect. That's how out. you use it. Right? See the game out. Yeah. And, and conserve the energy and bring the tempo down and relax. Right? Mm. Because we've also got to think about managing minutes and injuries and whatnot. And yeah. if you've got the game won, just manage the game. There's no need to go all guns blazing for 90 minutes, right? You've got to think smart as well. So to use the back three and the back five in that moment, spot on. I had no issues with it. But to turn everything into a back three or back five, right, mm. from now on, I honestly don't think we'll score. I think yeah. we'll leak less. Yes, we might tighten things up defensively, but I don't think we're going to score. No. Well. You know, and, and funnily enough, we went to a back three, a back five. Right? What happened? Villa turned it on. They, they started seeing more of the ball and they scored. <laughs> so I'm worried that if we were to go to that system all the time I reckon we're not going to help ourselves we won't score goals you know our problem has been we've been scoring more slightly but we've also been conceding um, and we've cost ourselves results but if you manage the game correctly between the two you can score win the game well see the game out bring the back three in or the back five and then you know just manage it and, and get it over the line so the way it was done against Villa was perfect for me. But yeah. to go to that back five from now on, no, I, I'm, I'm against it. And to be honest, we don't have the centre-backs to do it. I know it sounds crazy, but we actually don't. 
Fafana's injured still uh, for the rest of the season. Badiashile's picked up an injury. I wouldn't really trust Dezazi, Kowal, and Thiago Silva as our back three. Chalaba looks like he's played his last game for Chelsea. He's available now. He's so available. I don't know what's going to happen there. Because yeah, Colwell and, Colwell and um, Chalaba are now available. So what's going to happen there? It's interesting. Last thing, very, very, very last thing on Villa. Enzo Fernandez free kick. Oh. Less I, I wasn't expecting that, man. I, I wasn't expecting I don't think that. he was. I said it. <laughs> Mate, I said it right before the goal. I was like, he can't shoot. Like, <laughs> he can't shoot from distance. He's yeah. done it a couple of times. I've not seen it more than that. He's done it at the World Cup once and I've seen like one at Benfica. I'm like, that's, every time he shoots, it goes into Rose Ed. Yeah. I'm like, why? And then he takes it and he flipping one of the best free kicks I've seen. Yeah. But again, everything in that game was what was mental. Like we had Gallagher smashing it top bins. Brilliant. Yes. Yeah, He's yeah. finally shooting. Um, we had Jackson scoring a header. He's not good in the air. Puts yeah. it bottom corner. Enzo's not meant to shoot correctly. He sticks it in the top, top corner yeah. where <laughs> no keeper in the world saving it. <laughs> I don't know what happened, man. I don't know what happened. But beautiful free kick. Let's, beautiful. let's enjoy it while it lasts anyway, because we could be talking 100%. about a totally different performance on Monday. Um, let, let's move on to the un- introduction of the blue cards, which I think is something that the news broke yesterday um, of a hearing, which or a, a hearing or some sort of meeting is taking place in Scotland in a few weeks' time. Uh, first week in March, ran an introduction of the blue cards for FA Cup in both men's and women's games, not for the Premier League, apparently. Something that is currently in place for grassroots football in England already, I believe. Yeah. It's, it's adding to a lot of grey areas that we've got already with VAR, inconsistencies, yellow card inconsistencies, with referees giving yellow cards for reds and reds yellow cards for reds. It's, it's just a mess already. So why add to the mixture is my point. Um, what's your thoughts, Eunice, on the introduction of potentially a blue card? Um. I mean, firstly, to clarify, because last night I read that it come out, FIFA um, clarified the situation and had said that, no, it's not coming into the professional game yet. Okay. And it will be trialed at lower levels, but that's as far as it is for now. Okay. I'm like, okay, fair enough, cool. But let me tell you, if it were to come, it's a horrible idea. Mm. Because the problem, it's crazy. that they They think they're bringing a solution when in fact they're adding an extra problem. Yes. They're not actually addressing the actual problem. The big elephant in the room isn't, oh, we need more cards. <laughs> we need the big refs. elephant in the room <laughs> are the referees. Like, that's the big elephant in the room. It's, it's, the, it's the incompetent refs. You know, can we just take an example? Um, Gary Neville said something really, really spot on, you know, mm-hmm. and, and recently he's, uh, he's been a bit up and down, uh, mm-hmm. according to my opinion. But he said something spot on. He said, when you look at the AFCON, the Africa Cup of Nations. The refereeing has been brilliant. And it has been. Mm-hmm. It's been class. Yep. It's been class. You could maybe pick out a couple of moments where, okay, should VAR have been called? VAR, you know, weren't, 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 um, wasn't, wasn't shown. But apart from that, everything else, whenever it did go to VAR or the decisions on the pitch, has been borderline flawless. Why can't we have that in the Premier League? What, what, what's stopping us to get top refereeing in the Premier League? That's the problem. It's not even the technology of the VAR 
or all of that. It's the way that yellow cards are now used and the way that VAR is now used is what's wrong. You know, a referee will get a little bit of criticism from a player and he'll get booked for dissent. Mm. You know, as far as I'm concerned, what's dissent? Dissent should be being sworn at or abuse. One of the two, okay, mate, you've gone far, you've crossed the line, it's dissent. Yellow card, that's a warning. Do it again, you're sent off. It's yep. as easy as that. It, it, why, why overcomplicate the situation? If we were to get a blue card, right, and get players getting sent off for 10 minutes, all you're going to do is kill the game off for those 10 minutes. The teams will probably sit back and wait for the player to come on. Um, and then what's going to happen there? Does that count as a yellow? So if he does it again, he's sent off or is it wiped off? Or like, just yellow and red is good enough, but the referees need to stop being, I don't want to swear, but <laughs> the referees need to, uh, you get the gist. They need to stop being um, incompetent and soft and get on with it. If a player's got a criticism, for example, deal with that player in the moment if you want, or call the captain over and deal it with the captain. Simple as that. Ignore. Now, if you get sworn at or you get abused, okay, dissent. But you're seeing referees now all of a sudden, just a little bit of mouth come back. Oh, no, you're booked. Or what's a cynical foul? You know, we're going to give blue cards for cynical fouls. What's deemed as a cynical foul nowadays? Mate, we're seeing players get booked for ridiculous reasons, or we're seeing players not even get sent off when it should have been a red. It's the referees. The referees are the problem. It's not if we add a blue card, we're only gonna add even more issues. It's gonna be bonkers. So I hope it doesn't come in. Change the ref that's what needs to happen. I, I think as well. Um I, I was speaking to someone about this last night. I was thinking, imagine your goalkeeper gets a blue card. And they go for a simbin for 10 minutes. What do you do? Yeah, how does that work? Um, yeah, because you can't sub players back. Up. Yeah, that messes everything up. Yeah, because like, yeah, if, if the goalkeeper has to go for 10 minutes, who's going in goal for 10 minutes? Are you going to sub a player that you've currently got on the pitch to bring on the goalkeeper only to bring that goalkeeper off later on? So you're going to change your entire tactical setup mm-hmm. for a 10 men. Or not, yeah, for, for 10 men, and then you're going to have to bring the original position that you took off for that goalkeeper to come on for the goalkeeper you brought on, mate. That's a calamity. It's going to be a mess. Big mess. It's going to be an absolute mess. Big mess. But I think hopefully it doesn't come in. Um, I think if it does, it will, I mean, it's just ruining football. I think VAR's done enough of that already, but to bring something else to add to that as well, just... Yeah, it, it, it's going to change the game completely for the wrong reasons, in my opinion. Uh, be poor. A hundred percent. I fear that, and I think it's. I think it's already happening. If we're being real, I, I fear like the. Um, this isn't meant disrespectfully, but you know the Americanization of oh, the yeah. sport, yeah, right? Yeah. Or the, in fact, we're we're going from that and using that as a tool to now globalize everything, right? Um, I feel like the direction of the sport is heading in a way where they just want to keep add this, add this, add this. Is this, it's not even, is it making the sport better? It's, it does it make it more entertaining. That's what they seem like they want to do. They just want to try and find any little bit that they can add on to try and just create more chaos. Cause out of chaos comes drama and out of drama comes attention and out of Revenue. attention comes yep. money. No, it's true. <laughs> so, 
It's as simple as that. You know, I don't feel like they have the best interest of the sport at hand because they don't have to change anything in relation to the rules. The rules, the rules are the rules. And it's one of the most easiest sports to follow. In fact, probably the easiest sport to follow. And it's loved across the world because of it. We're only going to complicate in ways that doesn't need to be complicated. Rugby has a sin bin. Cool. They've had that for ages. We've, we've developed the game to a way under the current rule set that if you bring extra things in now, it's going to disrupt the entire direction of football as a whole. So, yeah, as I've said, it's the personnel that are the issues, not the tools or the rules. Yeah. So, I agree 100%. I think it's um, definitely something that we need to address in terms of the refereeing, the lack of good referees, and, and not even just in England as well. I think you could go to some of the... the referees across Europe they're not as good as they used to be but yeah educate them make them better make them know how to use VAR better because we've seen this season already how many things have got wrong and it's even worse now that they've released the audios as well the fact that the audios come out of me to hear what's being said in that room it's it's comical so it's, it's not even funny, it's actually. beyond comical it's a joke it's a joke and to an extent, I'm, I'm glad that the audios are coming out to an extent mm. um, because I, I hope the effect that it will have is the referees will go, okay, look, I might have to get my, uh, mm. I might have to I'm get myself in, in order because I don't want to look like a clown. Do you know what I mean? Whereas before we weren't hearing anything, maybe that might make a difference. Um, but we'll see because are they just that stupid or dumb or are they doing it on purpose? There's got to be one. You're either not good for the job or you've got bad intentions. Anthony Taylor. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Say no more. <laughs> um, let, let's move on to Palace Monday night, Selhurst Park, 8pm kickoff. Um, we've already kind of spoken about what we hope to expect from that game in terms of a very light for light from Wednesday's game against Aston Villa. But obviously, Baffin Baddy Shaw is out that, for that game. Um, I think yeah. Maurizio Pochettino has confirmed that this afternoon in a press conference. But... In terms of a lineup, predicted of, lineup, what would you go with from in terms of hopefully not changing as much as we need to? The same 11, except, except for um, Badia Sheila can't play. I would prefer to bring Levi Kowo into that mm. and play him alongside Disassi. Yeah. I mean, Levi Kowo is the, the only true left centre back alongside Badia Sheila we have. So, I would go Levi Colwell alongside De Sassi, um in the same way that we were playing, same system. Um, if we change anything, it's only going to put more pressure on that defence and then they might break. But if we have a midfield that's set up properly, they might actually do a job because Crystal Palace, weirdly enough, I'm confident for this game. Oh, yeah, and yeah. I would have been anyway because Crystal Palace still have, and I don't know how, they still have Roy Hodgson. <laughs> I don't understand what it's going to take to get this guy out, but respectfully, I mean, you know, it's deep when you've got Palace fans <laughs> now holding like little demonstrations and protests at, at games. They don't normally do that. It's Palace. They know like where their levels are. Even yeah. they're going, listen, this is taking the mick, you know? Yeah, and Roy Hodgson, respect to him. He's had a career and he's, he's done everything that he can possibly do. And he is a Palace boy, right? Mm. Respect, but it's time to call it a day. Go and be there, put man. your feet up. Yeah, and yeah, he man. shouldn't be there, man. He should not be there. And he, I think he knows that because you can see during games, he's getting battered 5-0 and he's literally like... I shouldn't... Yeah, he's not bothered, is he? Yeah. 
Mate, that's it. That's it. You should be at home, like relaxing, watching tennis on the TV. Like you should not be in football management anymore, man. So um, the fact he's sitting in a job makes me confident that, yeah, we'll, we'll probably go there and, and pick up the pieces. Um, Eze is out. Olize is out. And okay, someone else is... So they got three big players out. Someone else is out. I forgot who. So you'd assume Mateta um, will be probably leading the line for them. Yeah. But the players that they normally count on are not going to be there and they've still got Roy Hodgson. It's, it's a, it just, it spells disaster for Palace. So... Or Potashino. Let's be honest. It could be a disaster for... I mean, saying all that, let's let's caveat what you just listen, said. Because if, if Potichino can't be a team with no Elise, no Eze, um, uh, Hodgson in there, I think I think Palace are five points from safety. It doesn't help us because we're not too far away from it. But yeah, if we can't beat this Palace team off the back of that performance against Villa, uh, then so, so we're possessed. At this point, something's wrong. Something's like, wrong. <laughs> <laughs> it would be you know what it would be the worst loss of the season if we went and lost to Palace yeah I think because yeah. every other game you can see where we might f- where we might flop or where something might go wrong this Palace team I'm sorry that they are right now with all due respect the way that they're moving the players that they're not going to have available and the manager they still have in charge it's bottom of the barrel mm. it's bottom of the barrel there's there's no reason why we shouldn't go there and get a win there really isn't. Even with our problems, we should still be able to go there and get away. So um, I would say don't change it. Same 11, except Colwell to come in for Bedia Shile. Uh, the midfield, exactly the same. Jackson on the left. I've I got, hear I've calls for change. maybe Palmer. Uh, go, go Palmer on, on the right. Yeah. And then Kunku up top. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. That's my one yeah. change. Yeah. 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 Um, I would agree. Mm. I also think Madueke had a really good game against oh, Villa. He doesn't deserve to get and benched. Exactly, yeah. And that's where I'm torn. That's where I'm torn. <clears throat> um, I wouldn't mind again starting with the same 11 and then if you see that he's not on it, maybe bring on Nkunku after. Not mm. a problem. Because it is Palace. If it was a higher caliber team, I would contemplate starting Nkunku immediately. Yeah. Um, but I'd like to run, again, I'd like to run with what worked. So. That's where, apart from that, I wouldn't change another, I wouldn't change a thing. I would not change a thing. Everything else stays exactly the same. Yeah. I'm going to go, I'm going to go with you. I think Madueke had probably his best performance at Chelsea so far against Yeah, You can't bench him after that performance. And Cole Palmer, although he'd ever scored, he was contributing for a lot of those phases of play for us going forward. So, And he's arguably been our best player this season, I think. So, he has to be in that team for me. Conor Gallagher has to be in the team. You talked about the midfielder Enzo and Caicedo, both again, very, very good in that midfield. Um, Kowal does worry me, I'll be honest, but he's the natural one that would slot in for Badia Chile. Yeah. He does worry me because I feel like his concentration sometimes is a bit, it switches off. But he was doing that at left back. So let's see him at centre back and consistently at centre back. Yeah. Before we assess him properly because he hasn't been played enough games at centre back for me. No, he's, he's exactly. He's been at left back for his entire time at Chelsea, basically. So um, that is definitely something. Another point that I would want to mention is um, this is going to sound crazy as well because Gallagher deserves to play. But the way that Palace are going to play isn't going to be the same the way Aston Villa set up, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and if it 
if if Palace are just gonna without the players that I mentioned are out, if they're gonna try and just limit the damage and just sit back, then maybe playing Nkunku instead of Gallagher might help. Yeah. Because yeah. there's gonna be nothing to press. There's gonna be nothing to 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 go towards. We're gonna have the ball. So yeah. if we have the ball, we would probably need some more technicality. Yeah. Now, don't get me wrong. Gallagher at the end of that game was looking like flipping Ronaldinho. I don't understand. Again, another thing. He was not making plays for fun, dribbling here and there. I'm like, what's going on? It, it, this doesn't add up. Nothing makes sense. So um, I wouldn't be against Gallagher starting, 100%. Yeah. But I would understand if the, if the decision, was, decision was made to put Nkunku there instead. I would understand it to an extent. Mm. But we'll see. Final words, prediction in terms of a scoreline. What, what are we going for? Um, I expect for this one, uh, as I said, because of Palace, I expect a Chelsea win. Um, Even even if we didn't get a result against Villa, I would be looking at this game and going, surely, come on. Like, Palace are Mm. all over the place. Um, So I reckon I'm going 2-0 win. Yeah, I said 2-0 earlier. I'm going to stick with my 2-0. I think, I mean, Palace are 14th for 11th. I mean, this yeah. sounds so stupid and crazy, but we actually need this win more than we actually. Yeah, hundred percent. You know, if we don't win this game, Palace are what three points behind us. So we need this win more than anything, and also as well put, puts us more in that conversation again of Conference League football. Um, although I think we will get that if we can beat Liverpool in the final at the Carabao Cup. Um, yeah, we would. We'll enter it anyway, but we need to be pushing for even if it's a Conference League. At, at bare minimum we should be trying to get that this season through the league um, not through a cup competition so I think we need to get the result 2-0 and yeah Palace, Palace are there yeah. taking I'm just looking at their injuries you know like you said Eze Elise Decore Holden uh, Mark Guehi or out bloody hell that tells you free everything he needs to know like this is where, look, if we don't win against Palace, it undoes everything that happened yeah. against Villa. Like, it voids everything we saw against Villa. I don't want that happening. So, um, we have to pick up a win. And if we do it in the same fashion, because we've had games this season where I feel like people have overhyped the actual situation. Yeah. Like, um, the championship team wins, for example, or we beat Sheffield United in the way, you know, and it wasn't, it wasn't even all Luton. It wasn't even like convincing. It was a case of, oh, we're tithering by a thread here, but we've just got over the line. You know, um, the Aston Villa game was different. That yeah. was convincing. That Vint- was prop- vintage Chelsea, right? wasn't it? It was like proper That was a proper Chelsea, Chelsea win. Yeah. 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 And um, if we get the same against Palace, happy days. Yeah. We might be moving forward, but we have to beat, we have to beat Palace. Oh yeah, we've got to, we've got to. Where can, where can the people find you, Eunice, this week, this weekend? What you got on? Um, Eunice Talks Football. Um, so the preview for our game on Monday will come out on Sunday. Um, and apart from that, it will be keeping up to date with everything that's happening and, and my thoughts on it all. Just like yesterday, I spoke about the blue card madness and and what Potts should do to save his job. So um, yeah, we'll keep tabs on what's what's coming out, what the news is, what's happening. And I'll give you my thoughts on uh, Eunice Talks Football. Appreciate you coming on as always. Um you know, thanks for having me, man. Yeah, hundred percent. Hopefully, you can get you back on very soon as well um, as a trio this time. Um, but as I said at the start of this, Eunice's Linktree link um, is in our description, so make sure you hit over there or head over there, 
subscribe if you haven't done so. You should already be subscribed anyway, but if you haven't, make sure you subscribe over there as well. Our link tree link is also there, so go and follow our social accounts as well. Previous episodes on Spotify, Apple Podcast. Subscribe to the channel, like the video. Thank you for listening and watching. And we'll be back next week with another episode. Thanks again.